evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls. We are part of the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL tonight. We got a lot to talk about. We got a season coming up, guys. This is it. We're finally going to have some real meaningful games to look at, to break down, uh, and to discuss some of the new guys who are coming into the squad. Uh, so obviously we're going to do that. We're going to recap a little bit of the uh, preseason of what we know of what happened in their their final game. And uh, we've got Kel- Kevin Pollitz, uh coming up as our interview. And we're going to preview the match against TFC2 as well as go over some other news and notes. It's going to be a big, big show. Uh, joining me tonight, we do not have the troll, but we do have Bill TNJ. It's Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Hey, Joe. Uh, how's it going? It's not too bad. I'm, I'm feeling pretty excited. I've thawed out yeah. after the game last night. and uh, Oh, know, yeah. Yeah, feeling good. Last night was definitely a, a cold one. The hand warmers were not even helpful. <laughs> no. No, by, by the end of the night, I had gloves on the entire night, but by the end of the night, my hands were completely frozen solid. It, I could oh, my fingers type. were going to like fall off or I don't know. <laughs> I'm just happy that the season, you know, is finally here both for, you know, the first team and the second team. And we have uh, CCL going on too. So we got a lot going on right now. Yeah. And uh, how about the, f- well, we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, first, let's jump into uh, one rumor that I heard. Uh, we obviously have not gotten any player signings yet. I've been told that uh, there is going to be an announcement, but paperwork is pending. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But right now, the rumor floating around is that all of the draft picks have have signed or will be uh, signing. So we've got at least some idea of who's going to be on this roster based on that and some of the other players that we know, like Hassan Nadam and Jordan Scarlett, obviously Evan Loro. So we're getting there. We're 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 starting to understand what we've got, but we're still a little bit in the dark. Uh, is there a player of, of the, other than who we know, like Steven Echeverria and um, uh, Stefano Bonomo is going to be playing some time here? Is there a player that you're hoping to find out some more about, Bill? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, there's so many so many people that are going to be coming on the team, and we really get to see them first playing in Red Bull 2 and watching just the development from Red Bull 2 with the amount of people that have gone up to the first team over the past saving two years has been amazing. So I'm really curious just to see how all these guys play together and kind of where they go throughout the season. Yeah, that's always the the most fun part about all this is you watch these guys and uh, you've got a strong knowledge that there's a good chance that you're going to see them playing for the first team at some point. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've kind of griped about that in the past, but it's starting to pay off up there. But okay, uh, next. Next, we've got uh, the final match of the preseason. We know a couple of things about this match, but not much. First, we know that they played Bethlehem Steel. Uh, second, and this is something I found out afterwards from a number of places, uh, it was not really Bethlehem Steel. It was basically uh, the Philly Union B team. Um, I know Richie Marquez and Adam Najem uh, played, uh, but little else. I don't know who scored the other goals for Red Bull. I or Sorry, for... Um, for Bethlehem Steel. It was a 3-1 result. The goals for the Red Bulls were scored by Aguinaga, uh, Bailon, and Moreno. I'm definitely saying Bailon wrong, by the way. Uh, but, but we'll pretend that I don't. <laughs> uh, 
But <laughs> here's the good news. Okay, so you've got these kids going out there playing their final preseason game. They beat basically an MLS squad that is in season. Obviously, it's only been one game for them, but I think that's still a pretty good result. And uh, yeah, uh, that, that that's all we get. I spoke to uh, John Wolinek and Andrew Tenari uh, over the last couple of games there uh, at Red Bull Arena. And um, what I'm getting from, from pretty much everyone I'm, I'm speaking to is that the team this year is looking very, very quick. Uh, they are a team with a lot of energy. I think we've seen a little bit of that with the first team in terms of what the approach is going to look like. And hopefully we're going to see similar results in terms of uh, of execution with the, this this younger team, even if uh, some of these players are still learning the system or, you know, kind of adapting to life as a pro. I think we're going to see um, sort of an up year compared to what happened last year, even with all the roster turnover. Yeah, I feel like they have a good a good feel out for this year of how they want to play everybody and, you know, what they want to do in the season. So hopefully it's a, a better start this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think questions about who's going to be playing on the back line are going to be persistent. Obviously, there's four center backs that we know of that will definitely be on the squad. That's Jordan Scarlett, Hassan and Dom. Uh, our guest tonight, Kevin Pollitz, and I'm definitely going to botch this name, and I apologize already. George Akwe? Uh, I definitely said that wrong. Uh, he was recently signed uh, from... Oh, man, I'm going to have to go back to this. Hold on. All right. Well, I'll talk a little bit while, <laughs> while this is happening. So uh, I called him George. Where did I get the name George from? Wahab Akwe. Why George. I, I don't know. I don't know either. He's 21. He's six foot one, 150 pounds. He is a big boy, uh, very similar uh, to what we get from uh, Hassan and Dom. Obviously, uh, and Dom, I think, is a little bit taller than that. So he's about Jordan Scarlett's height, but not as bulky. And we really haven't seen him play too much. So I'm definitely interested in, in what we're going to get from him. Yeah, and uh, I was just looking at the schedule, not to jump to the gun, but it looks like the first home game at Montclair is June 9th. So just throwing that out there. Something to look forward to people. Something to look forward to people. You know, last night, um, Jesse Marsh was talking about uh, attendance for the, the CONCACAF Champions League tilt. It was, I think, just under 7,000, which is pitiful. And, you know, he was sort of wringing his hands a little bit that, that the fans really should respond and, and come out. But... I I wonder what he would feel like trying to discuss what it's like for this USL team because the talent that is on show yeah. week in and week out is phenomenal. Obviously, the team is very competitive and um, always you know tr- puts in a, a a great effort even when they're losing. And what do they get? I mean, like fifteen hundred is a big number for them. So hopefully, we yeah. get some more people coming out. I know it's hard, and I know... Especially playing at Rebel Arena, too. Yes. You're playing, you know, in the full-size arena, full-size stadium. Great field, but it's Great field. it's sad for, for them, I'm sure, to play in front of no one. Uh, the the confines of MSU are a little bit better for that, because... Right. Even and just look at the team last night. I mean, the amount of people that we saw play last night and how many of them played on Red Bull, too. 
Well, yeah, you so know, just over the last within the last season. That's kind of what I want to talk about next. Um, th- you know, we we've had a number of these guys on the show. Uh, I was yeah. looking at uh, everyone that we've had over the last couple of years, the last two years, obviously, um, and how many of them are now playing for the first team and doing really well. And we were able to see them first. Tyler Adams, right? Aaron Long. Uh, 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 Florian Velo, uh, yeah. Vincent Bezicourt. Like we, these guys are coming through, and they're fantastic, and they really deserve a lot of uh, yeah, attention. Especially Aaron Long too. Aaron Long is awesome. Yeah, third guest on the show. Oh, well, uh, did I already say Tyler Adams? Did I miss him? Yeah. Okay. No, you said Tyler Adams. He was the third guest on the show. How great is that? Tyler Adams, who is a future star, was on our tiny little podcast. Yeah. All right, enough gloating about our show. I'm not going to go too much. <laughs> but I think what we're seeing finally, and it's going to take time to really get uh, full steam, is how important the USL side is to the MLS side. A- Anthony, unfortunately, is not here. I, wa- I really wanted to rag on him tonight for some of his attitudes over the last couple of weeks and, you know, maybe raspberries yeah. and... He's not here to defend himself, so it's the perfect time to rip into him. But He's not a fan of CCL, I heard through the grapevine. I'm not going to say which team he was really uh, drooling over during the preseason. Um, but I think that most people would be able to guess, uh, based on the description <laughs> I'm going to give. Uh, there was a number of foreign signings for this squad, young foreign signings, and uh, experienced outside backs and attacking midfielders. And just so much gloating from Anthony about what a great team that is and what are Red Bull doing? They're signing players from RB2. I think this team we're talking about plays on a baseball field or is that another team? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny that. Uh, Okay. Yeah, we'll leave that as it is. But so (laughs) he was very, very down on the fact that these RB2 players were going to be, you know, filling out the, the roster. But. Look yeah. what they've done so far. They have been fantastic. Vincent Look Bezicor, at Ben Mines. Ben Mines. Florian Velo was a master last night. Uh, yeah. Jesse, after the game, talked about how he and Tyler really were helping calm everything down when the rest of the team was kind of panicking a little bit. And why are they so good at this point in their careers? They had lots of time in the professional game with the USL team. So I think this is fantastic. I think it's only going to get better. And yeah, I, I think the proof is in the pudding thus far. Yeah, I also saw online where Ben Mines had scored in the 17th minute and the 17th second, wearing number 17. Well, and he got a, <laughs> insisted by Derek Etienne wearing number seven and Kaku wearing number ten. I did, I, was, I did see that, <laughs> but there's a, there's a misnomer there because if it's the 17th minute on, or if it's it's 17 17, it's really the 18th minute, not yeah. the 17th minute. But still, yeah. there's a lot of cool things there, I guess. It's like yeah. a Kennedy assassination type uh, <laughs> conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories. <laughs> it's proof that the aliens are in control. Yep. Um, we're going to take a break in a moment, but I want to talk about two players that, uh, former players that are now uh, kind of finding uh, their footing. We've got. Arun Basulovic, who's headed to Denmark. He's going to play for Framad Amager. I definitely didn't say that right. I I was even trying to type it in, and I did a a horrible, horrible job. Um, They are 
a club that's been around since 1910 in Denmark. They finished as 10th place in the Denmark or Danish first division last year. Hopefully Arun could help um, push the club up the standings a little bit. Uh, but they seem like, a, you know, a, a good place for him to land kind of a mid table uh, European league. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to be said about this. There's not, Oh man, actually it's, Ending up at, oh no, okay. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, they ended up <laughs> as 10th of 12 teams, so not great. But uh, hopefully Arun could help um, bring them up the standings and uh, steady uh, their decline, maybe. But they've only also been in uh, the first division for one year. So finishing 10th, not the wow. worst thing in the world. No. Um, and then we've got Noah Powder, who landed with Orange County SC. Obviously, his departure um, in the preseason uh, was said to be a mutual split. And uh, he has moved on. And hopefully he continues to, to grow and and uh, shows well out there. I, I feel like in the Western Conference, he's just going to run all over those teams because I don't think the Western Conference is very strong. Yeah, they're still still growing a lot over there. So, yeah. Um, with Dan Metzger at uh, Penn FC. Oh, I forgot about that that game too. Uh, the Red Bulls played that, and and I believe they won. Um, Brandon at at uh, Bethlehem Steel. You've got Junior and um, David Najem in Tampa Bay. Noah Powder in Orange County. Justin Billiou signed with St. Louis. Which of the former Red Bull players is going to have the best season, Bill? Uh, Brandon Allen. How did I know you were going to say that? He's going to take some more penalty kicks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, I think that if... Justin Billiou might have a good season, too, because he was always decent. So Yeah, he's a, he's a decent player. I think that if Brandon... If, well, if Philly continues to play the kind of system that they have over the last couple of years uh, at the MLS level, I think that Brandon could have a very good time there. Uh, but he's going to have to work a little bit harder, which I think was part of the problem here. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Kevin Pollitz. So stick around. And we're back. We are now joined by the new uh, center back for the New York Red Bulls 2. He's going to wear the number three. It's Kevin Pollitz. How are you doing, Kevin? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Uh, obviously, you've had a great deal of uh, preseason games under your belt. Yeah, you spent time with the first team uh, for a couple camps, then kind of weaved its way into the second team. You came back home. Uh, how has that experience been for you so far? And can you compare it to to anything that you've gone through before? Uh, it's been a great experience so far. It's really not similar to anything I've done before. Uh, the The training is very intense, a very high level, and the tactics of the club uh, is very new to me. So it's been a fun challenge to integrate myself and um, start to learn more about the club and 
um, also continue my development. So it's been a great experience so far. Hey, Kevin, it's Bill. What do you think the most intense part of, of training was that uh, you went through? Uh, just the demands of the coaches. They, they want everything to be sharp, everything uh, to be at the highest level. Usually the, the drills we do, uh, they're not too long. They're usually like a minute or two long uh, before breaks. But during that time, it's very intense, very fast-paced. Um, you almost don't get to catch your breath at all. It's, um, you always got to be thinking about the next play. You know, that's something I think we hear a lot from, from the guys who are just joining the team. Uh, and, you know, coming from the lower levels, uh, obviously you were playing at Wake Forest last season. Uh, speed alone, uh, or adjusting the speed alone of the game at, at this level is, is enough of a challenge, but also having to kind of fit into that system and, you know, go through that very intense training, I'm sure has been, been difficult. Are there players on the team that have maybe helped ease that transition? Um, a lot of the guys who, who are more experienced, like, um, Bradley, uh, Luis, even like a young guy like Tyler, they, they know the system really well and, um, are really good at playing at that high, um, the high intensity. Before you, uh, played at Wake Forest, when did you first start playing soccer? Uh, first started playing soccer when I was really young, probably around five or six. Um, and then I uh, joined the Red Bull Academy, um, I think 2011, my first year in high school. And with that group, I guess, um, uh, I, I assume a lot of those players are, are coming through the system now um, or are already on you know, the USL team or, or even the MLS team. Is the, the view from, I guess, the, the players in the academy starting to kind of uh, change around what the opportunities are uh, within the organization? Yeah, there's, um, the academy's definitely uh, grown a lot since uh, I've been a part of it. Um, back then, we were practicing all over the place, and now there's like one beautiful facility where we all train together. But when I was in the academy, I was playing with guys who, who made their way up um, and are now playing professional with the Red Bulls, like Derek, um, Alex Mule, Evan, um, among others. So, um, altogether we had a really strong academy and, um, the academy's just gotten much better still. Did you always play as a defender or did you kind of switch to different spots playing? I've always kind of been a central defender. Um, I've played a little bit in midfield, a little bit outside back, but mostly center back is um, where I played. I gotta say that is unique for the most part, oh, I feel like every defender we've ever talked to started out right. as a forward. <laughs> um, yeah, I so, wish I could play forward sometimes. Like late in games, I try to get the coach to play me playing me forward, but <laughs> no, it's usually usually at the back. Uh, talk about your time at Wake Forest. Obviously, you spent four years there. Uh, quite accomplished. You ended up as uh, the ACC Defender of the Year. Um, what was that that uh, coaching system like? Uh, how did you end up going there in the first place? Um, I chose Wake Forest just because it was a, a great mix of academics and athletics, and I really like the, the playing style that they have there. It's like very possession-based, and um, I thought it suited my, my skill set really well, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, they treat it as close to as a professional environment as they can. Um, so I had a great four years um, over time there, and I think um, it really helped my development as a player. 
Growing up, did you have any teams that you followed? You probably followed the Red Bulls back then and the Metro Stars probably way, way long ago, but did you follow any other teams uh, besides those teams? Um, yeah, I've always been a huge uh, Red Bull fan. Um, European teams, I, um, I enjoyed watching Bayern Munich. Ooh, all right. Uh, a man after my own heart. That's uh, one of my favorite teams as well. Uh, so what kind of goals do you have set for yourself for this season? Is it just a, a number of appearances? Obviously, when you talk to a forward, they almost always uh, will quote a, a stat sheet of some kind. Uh, but for a defender, it's a little bit different. So what are you hoping to accomplish this season? Um, I just want to continue my development, get better. Um, um, still I'm learning like the system and the tactics. So I want to really nail that down and, and get a better understanding of the system. Um, I really want to make my debut on the first team. That would be um, awesome. Um, and just, yeah, just get better each and every day and every game. I was going to ask, um, playing at Wake Forest, did you make any friends there that are playing on any other teams in the USL or in major league soccer? Um, yeah, just, um, from the team last year, um, uh, I was part of seven people that, uh, went pro, um, Steven Echeverria, who I played with since the Academy days. And, and then at Wake Forest is, uh, with the USL team. And then also Luis Argudo is playing with, um, Columbus crew, John Becquero with Chicago fire. Um, Ima Tumasi is with FC Dallas, um, Mark McKenzie is with Philly Union. Brendan Cervania is also with FC Dallas. So just the team from last year um, had seven people playing in the USL and MLS. Kevin, I, I got to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we let you go, I'm going to subject you to the lightning round, uh, which is generally pretty silly. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I'm ready. And I assure you, all of the pretty much everybody who's been on here is been subjected to this at one point or another uh okay first question popcorn yes or no yeah star wars or star trek star wars marvel or dc uh dc what's your favorite team to play as in fifa uh new york rebel of course there you go. <laughs> and finally, Arsene Wenger, in or out? Uh, I got to say, say out. Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot more outs this season, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kevin, again, thank you so much for coming on, and we wish you nothing but uh, the best luck this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. And when we come back, we're going to preview that game and go through some more news and notes. Stick around. And we're back for our final segment. We are now joined by Joe Steen of Once a Metro. Hello, Joe Steen. Hi. <laughs> I always keep it short. Whoa. <laughs> uh, back it off a little bit, Steen. I don't need all that energy cramping my space. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, we're going to be previewing the match against Toronto FC 2. Uh, obviously this is early season and our preview is going to be bleh, because we don't know anything really about 
either of these teams at this point. Uh, we've got some idea of what's happening at Toronto FC too, but uh, without a, a roster release yet for, for New York Red Bulls too, we're a little bit in the dark, but uh, TFC two, they were one of the worst teams in the league last season. Uh, they have replaced their coach. They've got a new head coach. His name is Laurent Goyat. Uh, he was the Academy director for the last three years. He coached at FC Nantes, uh, US Boulogne, and uh, CS Sedan Arden. I'm hoping I'm saying all those things right, as well as coaching the U16 and U17 French national teams. Uh, both of those programs are terrific programs, by the way, if you ever get to watch uh, the youth international sides. Uh, France usually does a pretty great job. Uh, TFC2 is opening against. New York Red Bulls on the road for the fourth year, I believe. That was oh, no, the no. They're opening on the road for the to, fourth consecutive year. But this, yeah. So yeah. They, they did the home opener at MSU last year. They did the home opener at uh, Red Bull Arena the year before that. And no, no. The, first, the very first game we went to uh, was against Rochester. It was a 0 0 draw. Leo still oh. missed that penalty. Um, I can never forget. Yeah. <laughs> they took a 2 nothing lead against the Red Bulls uh, in that uh, Red Bull Arena game, the championship season, before uh, I think Brandon had two goals. I think he, not both from the spot, uh, but I think Brandon had a double to uh, power the Red Bulls to a tie from two goals back. And that, of course, like I said, was the championship season. And here we are again with Toronto FC2 coming into Red Bull Arena to start the year. Josine, is this a sign that it will be a championship year? Uh, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, they're returning f- four players from la- four or five players, four I, players from last year. Uh, Scarlett and Adam being back, obviously, is really, really a uh, big key for this team because they really started to develop a good partnership last year. And obviously, um, if I can remember his name, uh, the goal kit. Uh, Evan Laura. Evan Laura's back, yeah, who yeah. obviously was really, really big for them in the playoffs last year. Um, so, you know, could it be? And, you know, there's a lot of unknowns with this team this year. I mean, as last year, we kind of knew there was a lot of unknowns. So this year, uh, yeah, it, you know, we could see another uh, maybe amazing run to the finals. Now, I, I have to correct you a slight bit. So there are four players that are signed to the team that are returning. But ah, surely... Okay. Uh, Evan Laura would be in that conversation as someone who will be uh, returning to the to the squad, uh, and Stefano Bonomo up top. Uh, right. But uh, of those guys that are coming back, only three are healthy right now. Andrew Lombard's still out. Um, he's on his way back from his uh, surgery, uh, but it's still going to be a couple of weeks before he's ready to be playing. Uh other than that, we really know almost nothing about the Red Bulls. So hopefully uh, the rumor that I heard, Jostine, was that all the uh, draft picks will be signing with the team. So that's, okay. that's good news. So we have some idea uh, there. But, you know, uh, it's pretty much wide open. Will this be a great season? It's going to come down to a lot of who's playing up top. Uh, they've got Brian White from the U23 side, uh last year who was the the leading scorer there um tom barlow who was a draft pick uh it's obviously stefano bonomo are is that group enough 
to get the job done? I don't know. We're going to have to, we're going to have to wait and see. We know very, very little at this point, which still kind of stinks. It reminds me <laughs> of year one when the, I think the week before the match against TFC two, the only player that was known to have signed for the team was Mr. Tyler Adams. No, you guys don't remember that. That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time ago. I mean, I, I still might have been, I still might have been covering uh, Phoenix then. But <laughs> ah, there you go. This is so. this is year number four for the club. It's pretty yeah. spectacular that they've been around yeah. for this long. Year yeah. four, three playoff runs, one one uh, one cup. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, th- that they'll be just fine. Uh, pretty Steve, impressed. Steven Echeverria uh, has settled in during uh, preseason. It seems like Aguinaga has settled in as well, but you know we haven't gotten to see much of him. What I saw in Phoenix, I wasn't necessarily terribly impressed with, but he was going up against MLS clubs, so you know right. it, it, there's certainly a um, a uh, learning curve when that's happening. But well, I mean, if Echeverria being next to uh, Tenari in the holding midfield position, I mean, we saw how well Tenari played with like a veteran like Dan Metziger last year. True. Um, so, I mean, that could be, you know, a big key for them this year, how they saw those two partner, because, again, Tenari is really, you know, was really one of their standout players during the end of the year last year. Yeah. So, I mean, if those two seem to settle well in front of the back four. Um, you know, that could be that could be really good for the team as well. Hundred uh, percent. I I mentioned this earlier, but I ran into Tanari yesterday. I was coming down uh, to go to the press conference, and this uh, this gentleman held the door for me, and I did a double take and realized it was Andrew Tanari. <laughs> so he's polite <laughs> as well as being a, a good soccer player. Uh, and I got his take on on the team, and and he's excited to go, and uh, seems to think that things are going to be pretty good this year. But I mean, what what else are you going to say as a player, really? Uh, all right. No, obviously not much of a preview, but let's get a prediction. How do you predict something you don't know anything about? We're just going to go for it. <laughs> yes. I'll start with you, Bill. Bill, what do you got? Since Toronto FC2 has never beaten Rebels 2, I'm going to predict a 2-0 win for Rebels 2. I got to say, Bill was pretty good in terms of predictions last season, so... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with him there. I think it will be two zero. Justine, what do you got? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one. Red Bull two. Okay, I think uh, that that's fair. Again, we know nothing about either of these teams, so uh, prepare to be disappointed with our atrocious uh, ability to break them down. But we we got what we've got. Um, okay, last bit of news that I want to talk about um, before we we knock off and get out of here. Uh, Red Bulls announced a youth development partnership with the with ENY Soccer. That's obviously East New York, uh, a huge, huge area of the state uh, that includes uh, the city proper. Um, through this partnership, they're going to have a young Olympians program uh, that's going to be sort of a stepping stone to the full Olympic development program. And the goal, obviously, being to develop young talent, expose them to. Uh, East New York soccer, along with the Red Bull player development pathway. So basically what we're talking about is this is just becoming a wider net uh, for Red Bull to scout and and bring talent into the academy that includes rival turf. So I think this is fantastic. I think that 
what we've seen so far from the area that they have been able to acquire players from. Uh, they've done amazingly well, and it can only mean better things. Justine, you got any thoughts? Yeah, like you said, it, it, I mean, it's really big when you could keep, you know, continue to expand, you know, your youth programs. I mean, as we've seen with the Red with uh, Red Bulls, they're really, really good. I mean, they seem to be very, you know, one of the better teams in the league as far as bringing up talent and making sure they're matured before they're brought up. I mean, we saw it on Saturday with Ben Mines, you know, only 17 years old, scoring and, you know, his first start. I mean, you know, again, uh, of course, Tyler Adams is, you know, you know, become the poster boy for, you know, you know, guys being brought up that, you know, are young and, you know, have a lot of potential. But I mean, yeah, you know, as long as they keep expanding, you know, keep getting people into the program and, you know, it, it can just, you know, it can keep getting better and, you know, keep producing talent, making MLS, you know, even more interesting to people that aren't interested in it. Now, what, one of the things I've said about Red Bull development in the past is so much of what they do, and rightly so, is just throwing everything against the wall and just seeing what sticks. And just having more things to throw means you're going to get more players that stick. And uh, obviously, that can only be beneficial. Same, same as we've seen at the MLS level, if you've got players pushing uh, for competition for spots, it's going to improve everybody across the board. So th- this is really, really good. Bill, are they going to be able to find another uh, Brandon Allen in all this? Someone who could hit a penalty <laughs> with their eyes closed? It's it's hard to say. Only time will tell. But one cool thing about it, too, is you get all these players now that will have a chance to check out the Red Bulls training facility and really get to see what it's all about. So it's, it's really great from every angle that you look at it. Yeah, I think uh, we can grab our pom-poms and, and do a quick cheer. <laughs> Um, and let's, let's get a real quick prediction for the season before we go. Uh, I'll start with you, Jostine. One, is this team going to make the playoffs? Yes, they'll make the playoffs. Even not knowing anything about the team, you're confident they make the playoffs? I, I have confidence in, I have confidence in the team and John Molniak and the staff. I mean, three years in a row, they've made the playoffs. Um, you know, we didn't think it was really going to happen last year, and they sort of peaked at the right time. And, you know, if you told anybody in the month of July that this team would be in, would have been in the semifinal or in, in the finals, Eastern Conference finals, I don't think anybody would have said yes. Okay. So I'm going to say, yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll make the playoffs again. Okay. And uh, give me a, a numerical uh, answer in terms of where you think they'll finish in the standings. Uh, fifth. Okay. That's fair. Uh, which team is going to finish first? Uh, I think it will be Louisville again. Okay. And last but not least, what team is going to cause them the most problems, uh, a la Rochester, uh, for, from years past? Oof. Uh, I think it's going to be Atlanta 2 this year. Okay. Fair. Uh, Bill, let's let's go through those same questions for you. Is this sure. team going to make the playoffs? Pretty much Steen just hit the nail on the head. I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Okay, what place are they going to finish? Third. And what team is going to give them the most problems? I could see some trouble maybe with uh, FC Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, I Obviously, I'll agree <laughs> that they're going to make the playoffs just because <laughs> of how they've done in years past. Um, I will be terribly disappointed if they don't. Uh, <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, I think that they will finish fourth. 
And I think the team that's going to give them the most problems is going to be Tampa Bay. That's that's a good guess, considering they have uh, quite a few players. Flemings. Yeah, I had to try to pick between them and Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is going to be playing that Bob Lilly style, and you know what that's done to this team in the past. But that's true. I mean, I could have said Bethlehem, considering they also have um, Brandon's there and uh, Adams there, Adam Gems there too. So. Sure. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be a whole lot of fun this year. There's a whole bunch of unknowns uh, with Nashville and Atlanta. You've got uh, Bob Lilly now with Pittsburgh and how effective he's been. So I think the Riverhounds are going to be on the uptick. Uh, Cincinnati, who's still trying to kind of find themselves. Tampa Bay, who brought in uh, some very good players in the offseason. Louisville, that stood pat, that they were already strong. So you assume that they're going to get uh, better and more refined. Uh, FC Penn, which is still kind of a mystery in terms of what players are going to be there, uh, but we know that they're going to be heavily involved in uh, player development, not unlike this side. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're going to get some good stuff there. At least we know that we won't get any trouble from Rochester this year. So. <laughs> I, I got to say, we should probably spill one out for Rochester. I feel awful yeah. for that, yeah. that community. Yeah, that, that mm. did not go down too well. No. I that, watched that. I was going to say that press yeah. conference was such a nightmare. Uh, it was. It not, was. That, was, that was very, very hard to watch. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, that, that brings us to the end of the show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, my uh, name is, my name, my handle is underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Bill T N J at J Steen 15. And if you'd like to follow the show and we hope you do, we are, at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can follow us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post every episode. Uh, and we're going to start to have some written content uh, this season. So stick around, look for that. You can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play.